Welcome to the Customer Success Podcast, the official voice of the customer success community. Who's excited? Who's fired up? In this episode, Ruben sits down with Joe Massey, VP of Customer Success at Slido, to talk about how Slido's innovating with rapid onboarding and customer success across the company. Let's get to the show. Well, today it's our absolute pleasure to have with us Joe Massey, who is the Vice President of Customer Success for Slido. Uh, Joe, you know, you have had some tremendous experience in scaling Slido's customer success team. You guys have grown just just amazingly. I can remember uh, coming across you, uh, your company for the very first time. Uh, I think it was Pulse Europe in 2015. And I was just like, what is this magical tool? Um, and uh, so I'd, I'd certainly love to to get into that with you. Uh, our listeners would love to, I, I, I'm certain our listeners would love to, to know more about uh, Slido. Um, it's an uh, incredibly valuable uh, engagement tool um, that Gainsight absolutely loves to use um, in, in our events and even in our internal meetings. Uh, I'd also love to explore with you some of the tactics and challenges uh, that you've had um, in scaling your team. You guys, have, again, had, had just tremendous growth. And um, a topic that isn't often uh, discussed is you're a first-time CS leader. And I can tell you with certainty, there are hundreds of individuals like yourselves uh, who have been thrust into some uh, really great opportunities and leadership roles. I'd love to explore that with you. So welcome. Thanks, Ruben. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to have this chat with you today. Now, can you talk a little bit about uh, Slido? Give us, give us basically your quick elevator pitch. Yeah, sure. So, um, so our mission at Slido is really to kind of maximize the value that people get from joining a meeting or a presentation. Uh, we really believe that when you've got someone talking to a group of people, be that employees in a company meeting or attendees at a conference, there's often a missed opportunity uh, to meet the needs of the audience and what they're expecting. Uh, so that's where we come in, like to give like the audiences and the presenters a way to communicate at scale. Um, through asking questions, answering polls or quizzes, um, that kind of thing. So we really, yeah, we really like trying to to give audiences a voice, basically, kind of across companies, across conferences, and working with some really great companies. Uh, like you mentioned, we've been you've been using us at Pulse for a few years now. Always one of our most interactive events that we see. Um, so we always love that opportunity to like just give people a voice, basically. One of the things that um, I have seen, at least from the sidelines, um, is your growth is not limited, um, at least from, from my perspective, uh, to a particular geographic region. I, I know you are uh, yourself um, uh, not based in the U.S., correct? Uh, yeah, I'm based in the U.K. And I actually, I started my slider life in uh, in Taiwan, in Asia, I built our Asia team um, there to start with. So yeah, we have a we have a team globally. We're spread. I think we're spread across 14 different countries now in terms of our employees. And Slido has actually we've actually had events or meetings run in over 100 countries. That's amazing. Can you talk a little bit uh, about what you think might be one of the biggest challenges of uh, scaling a global team? Right. I think you know, the time zone is certainly one thing, but um, if there's any 
things that you could share with uh, some of the listeners here um, who are now endeavoring upon uh, scale globally? Um, what are some of the things that uh, you found to be useful or you know, some landmines uh, to try to avoid? You mentioned time zones there, and that's obviously one of the hardest things. Uh, when you've got someone in, in Australia, Europe, and on the west coast of the US, is actually impossible to find a time for you all to come together in a live meeting. We don't have anyone in Australia right now. Uh, so we have one hour a day where it's possible to get our team from Bali to uh, the west coast of the US together. Uh, but that's like 11 p.m. for uh, Paul Katerina in Bali uh, and 7 a.m. Uh, for, for Milka, who's, who's in Santa Barbara. So that's definitely a challenge. Uh, but we believe that uh, they, it actually adds a lot of value sometimes to have that conversation and that ability to connect uh, is actually super super value especially especially in like building the culture of the team and making sure that everyone has that that ability to connect with one another uh, something we do with with our meetings in general is we do a monthly town hall uh, for our customer facing teams so this is actually where we bring everyone from a customer facing role together, uh, be that success, be that support, be that sales, be that partnerships. Uh, we bring them all together once a month for an hour. And we actually run parts of that meeting twice in the day. So we, we rotate the main meeting. Sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoon, uh, but we always run a second session for those people who weren't able to get there because they were sleeping or, or enjoying their meetings. Oh, not their meetings, sorry, enjoying their evenings. Uh, just so that they actually also have that opportunity to, to interact live because it can make a, a huge difference. Uh, and of course, that's not always possible. So we we leverage Slack heavily at Slido in order to kind of keep everyone up to date. Uh, but one of the things that I actually had to introduce, I think kind of around, maybe around six months ago now, uh, we introduced a newsletter for, again, for our customer-facing teams, uh, just to actually pull all of the key updates and key information in together. So that goes out on a Monday Monday morning, just with all the key information that people need to know that they might need to keep up with. But we also put some fun stuff in there. So we always do a spotlight on someone from the team so that other people can get to know them. Because obviously, you don't have the opportunity to speak to or get to know everyone on a, on a daily basis now either. So uh, just trying to build that connection is super important. And then one last thing on this that, that we do is we we count on offsites quite heavily. So we run two company offsites a year, one in January and one in September, where we actually try to bring as many of the company together as possible. Of course, not always feasible. Uh, so we also do some team offsites through the year because you can build that kind of trust and ability to be vulnerable. Um, so much better in person than when you're just meeting uh, on a screen. And then we also do regional offsites. So for example, our, our America's team uh, we're just out in the woods somewhere in, in New York uh, over Halloween. Uh, and, you know, it's a great opportunity for them to get to know each other and, and spend time together as well and, and just work out how to collaborate better. Well, you, you've listed off a number of things that I think are really, really critical here, uh, Joe, which is a combination of asynchronous and synchronous communications, um, especially for a global team. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned having cross-functional uh, team meetings uh, on a monthly basis um, that you repeat twice uh, to accommodate 
sort of the, the, the global scale of, of and disbursement of your, your teams. And it sounds like there's a commitment to invest in face-to-face meetings and offsites. And that, that, that's got to come from the top, right? Um, how much of that is you driving and how much of that is sort of like built into the cu- culture of, of Slido? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, the company of sites is something that are really a part of our, our culture and our DNA and something that uh, we've grown. We've always done them since, I think even since they were like kind of five people, uh, they've done these offsites. So they've been running for a long time. Uh, and that's something that, yeah, we we just see that it's so valuable for actually people to get to know each other. And what I didn't mention actually is whenever we have new employees, uh, we bring them to Slovakia, which is where our headquarters are for two weeks to do their onboarding. Uh, it's so much easier to onboard someone when they're in the same time zone and they actually have that exposure and can just get to know our culture so much better. Uh, we try doing it remotely. We'll do it remotely if we really have to. Uh, but our preference is is really to bring people uh, into HQ. And that, that's something we learned just through actually like doing it remotely. Uh, the employees that we did onboard remotely, it took them so much longer to get up to speed uh, than the ones that we brought in face to face. So that investment also pays off in so many ways. The same with um, with one. So one of my teams, we actually call our customer success team uh, in your eyes. Uh, we call them our guides team. So I have a number of people leading um, leading different functions within within our guides team, and we brought them together uh, for just for a weekend actually, US uh, last year, and it just it set the dynamic of that team up so much that we've been able to get so much more done and work so much more productively together. So I think when we see those results, it's not hard to invest uh, in actually working working together and, and paying for those flights kind of thing. Yeah, it's actually a nice segue to, to talk about, you know, your onboarding. Obviously, with growth comes uh, probably some rapid hiring. Um, can, you, can you talk a little bit about uh, that process for onboarding? How, how has it changed? Um, over you know the last couple of years, um, have you be- had to become more formal about it? Do you pair people up? You know, do you have some kind of mentorship program? Um, I'd love to get some some details there, and I'm sure the listeners would love love to hear um, a- again your, your your pain points and and some of the wins there that you've had. Of course, actually, I think that how we do onboarding at Slido is actually quite unique, at least from other um, other people or other companies that I speak to. Uh, anyone who's going into a customer facing role or someone who really needs to understand our customers, so not just sales or success, or, uh, but also product managers, testers, and those kind of people, sometimes marketing, um, all of them actually spend time in our customer care or our customer support team. And when I say spend time, I actually mean that they spend three months. Their first three months at Slido, they spend working as a fully functioning member of our customer care team. Uh, So the first two weeks is kind of company onboarding. uh, And then from there, they onboard to the CC team, as we call it. And that by the end of their first month, you know, they're there on chats with customers. They're actually kind of interacting and we're expecting them to be to be a fully functioning member of that team uh, for the next couple of months. And then once they're kind of really up to speed and, and going with that, we start their onboarding also into, into their actual role and into the, the role that they're meant to be doing and actually helping them to, to get value from the business. I know this is a bit, to lots of people, this sounds a bit crazy that we, that we do this, but 
it helps. We have lots of different use cases and, and many customers are using Slido now and as you say, kind of globally. And what that time in, in CC actually does for the team is actually to enable them to have such exposure to our customers on such a width and breadth of, of cases or kind of like through troubleshooting to meeting design to how to use us to kind of success to, you know, like to sales even. But there's so much in there that they learn it at such speeds and it's much more than we could ever do in any of the other teams. So it really pays off for us. Uh, and we're actually committed to that, not just through the onboarding, but then as we have a customer care rotation program, so everyone, uh, everyone is invited to join them for a four hour shift every month uh, to actually spend that time with the, the customers. And I can personally say that's one of my favorite times of the month. Uh, because I just have that direct exposure to the customers and can speak to them and hear what's going on and, and just actually understand what's going on with our customers and with the team uh, directly. Joe, I, I wish this were a video because everybody would have seen my mouth just like drop uh, when you <laughs> said uh, the first three months. Um, uh, it literally, everybody goes uh, through your customer care uh, training program. I, you know, I've heard so many companies talk about that, but so few go to the extent that you've just described. <laughs> um, and um, I think it really shows, honestly, uh, there hasn't been one person I've ever encountered um, that um, uh, in Slido uh, that hasn't uh, exuded this um, sort of the DNA of, of customer first. Mm -hmm. um, and it really even shows in your product. Uh, frankly, and I think that's a tribute um, to this commitment uh, that you just described. So it's 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 something that people talk about. It, we've heard uh, organizations sort of touch on it, and they maybe um, have uh, you know teammates shadow. But three mm -hmm. months is intense, and it is um, an overt, massive investment. Um, I believe in your customer long-term um, success. And it's tough. Uh, it's tough work. It's not easy to do. Like when you're on those chats and you've got four chats at the same time and they're all on something completely different. Like you just pick up skills there that are just unbelievable, you know? I, just, just, I think just the fact that, you know, if there's a developer that's coming into the organization or someone who's not going to be doing that long-term, to convince them to do that for the first three months of their tenure at Slido is also a tribute to the type of individuals you're hiring. That's a, that's a good point. You know, it's not always easy and it's not for everyone. Uh, but what we know is that if they aren't committed to doing this or they really kick up a fuss about it, then actually are they the right person to be working with us and are they really a good value, a value fit and what we're kind of looking for. So it actually says a lot also about how they will succeed in the long term of of the company uh, in there. And actually, uh, if I may kind of explain where the origin of this came from. So we, well, again, maybe we're a bit unique because customer success is something that's always been at our core. Uh, we really believe in that kind of focus on the success of the customer and everything else will follow. And that's because we're a very, like, we're quite a viral product. So people see us at a conference or they see us at an all hands meeting and they're like, hey, I want to use that in my team meeting or I want to use that in my meeting with my customers kind of thing. So, but in order for that to happen, uh, 
the, our customers need to make sure they're using us uh, really well. So everything at Slido was actually built out of our customer support team. So to start with, we just had customer care. And then the next, the next department that we actually developed from there was our customer success or our guides team, as we call it. So that was the next thing uh, that came. Uh, and then from there, we built a sales team because we are a self-service product. And I haven't actually spoken to very many people who had a customer success team before they had a sales team. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's always fun because I know people are like, oh, how do you collaborate with sales? And it's like, well, like this is an easy thing for us to do because, you know, we were there first almost uh, kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely, I always love hearing from people who have these problems because they're such a world away from, from the things that I'm dealing with. It is such a refreshing message to hear from, from you uh, on this topic. So uh, thank you for putting into practice what a lot of people talk about. Uh, I can tell you, uh, I've preached from the podium uh, this concept, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 really awesome. Um, one thing I do want to uh, sort of drill down uh, with you is, um, how do you know when to hire? When you know, one of the things that um, you know, one of my mentors in customer success, Dan Steinman, uh, always spoke about was hiring ahead um, of your customer customer demand. And so I am curious, like, when do you know uh, when to pull the trigger to hire? Um, uh, do you ever feel behind? Um, and uh, just sort of talk about sort of the logic and, and maybe if you want to get into the metrics, uh, please feel free to do so around that. This one is actually quite funny um, for me. I think that, you know, we, we have come from, from Slovakia and we have taken that very kind of customer first approach and making sure that our customers have the like really have that personal touch. We've invested in that a lot. Uh, and when, you know, you look at the average cost of our product, you know, we're, you know, your average customer might be spending $1,200 a year with us, uh, but they'll probably have someone who's giving them a personal touch. And that's obviously not something that many customers do at our price point. So we have quite a high, high cost to serve, I would say. Um, so what I've actually been focusing on is, is, working with the working with our team and working across the company to actually make sure we have people in the right places where it makes sense so i've been trying to actually restrict our hiring uh, to make sure that actually adding an extra person to the team is really the thing that makes the most sense because for me when you keep hiring and you have loads and loads of people like my my whole team that i look after now is around 45 people uh, but with every person that you add, you add additional layers of complexity. So, you know, you add more connections, more people to keep in the loop. You might be adding a new location. Uh, at the same time, you've also got that complexity of managing their growth and how how they're kind of growing. And I, I think that that makes sense uh, in some cases, but not always. So what I've actually been doing a lot over the last kind of year or so is actually making sure that like trying to scale our business without adding uh, so many people now of course uh, we have different places where we're, we're trying to find the right people one of those is we've really been looking for a strategic customer success manager to work with our biggest top tier customers we've been really really searching for that person uh, still searching for that person actually because we really want to find that 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 right person uh, but at the same time you know we still have a good 
good framework in place where we're able to support the customers even without that person. And uh, what we actually do is because we have that, um, because everyone goes through customer care, that's kind of really our breeding ground uh, for our future talent as well. And one thing we introduced this year was our graduate program. So I really believe in investing in, like investing in talent for the future and actually developing people and growing them up through the, through the business. Many of our many of our people have kind of grown up through through Slido and through through our different teams. And so that's one of those ways that I actually deal with that hiring ahead. We have quite quite a number of people who are just going on maternity leave and things like that. Uh, but we haven't needed to hire too many people to replace them because we actually have people that we can move through into that role and then we'll replace them kind of from a customer care team, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for, for the details around that. Now, um, when I first met you, I believe you were an individual contributor. You were a CSM and um, you are one of those success stories uh, that you just spoke about. Um, I would love to understand sort of your um, your path uh, to your current role. You sound so incredibly seasoned, by the way, and uh, it's it's a tribute to you being a, a true student of customer success. I think in in many ways, um, I'd love to talk. Uh, have you talk to us about some of the things that you found challenging um, as a first time customer success leader? What have you found intriguing as well? Yeah, I definitely. So I actually joined uh, Slido as one of our. CSMs, we didn't really have a active customer success program, then I wouldn't say like, although we had a team, we called our CSMs, uh, we were actually more like extended support, extended personal support would be the best way of describing how things looked when I when I first joined Slido. And I remember kind of saying, this doesn't make sense and started working in, with my customers in, in different ways, along with and uh, the person I have actually leading uh, leading this guides team now as well, like we were really those trailblazers who were trying to do different things and work in different ways. And, you know, that kind of came with challenges because I didn't know much about customer success as an industry. I think it's something that like a lot of it actually comes quite naturally, um, like because a lot of it's common sense, right? There's like you just listen to your customers, you make sure they're achieving their goals, you understand what they're trying to do and actually work with them in order to kind of get there. Like for me, it kind of just makes sense. Uh, but it was, I've had some real challenges kind of through through the way um, for sure. First of all, uh, just trying to figure out and work out what I'm doing uh, was definitely, definitely fun uh, to start with. Another thing would be like connecting with people who are working at the same kind of scale and in the same kind of price point as us. You know, I met so many customer success leaders who, you know, they're working with like multi-million dollar contracts and that's what their their accounts work with. Like there's only so much that we can share with one another and actually learn from one another because there's so little overlap. I would say aside from that, it's kind of, I remember the first pulse that I went to, uh, maybe it was, Pulse US 2018, maybe it was earlier than that, I can't remember exactly, but everything was all about how to get your company on board and how to do that. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like we, we don't have this problem, like where are all the people who have the same problems as me? And something that's really helped me in, like with this is there's um, 
there's a network here in Europe called the Customer Success Network. Uh, it's a great community. And I've met so many great people uh, through that and who've just really helped me to kind of grow and learn in, in my in my career and in, as a leader as well and actually just understanding the thing and immersing myself in the world and just trying to learn from people has been has been amazing and i have to call out one person specifically here uh, who really helped me when i was quite lost to start with and that's david apple who used to work at typeform he's now at notion uh, but his insights into kind of the world and how to kind of structure the team and how to do things like really helped me uh, to actually yeah become the person that I am today, I would say. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with David. He's he's great, and what a great mentor uh, an opportunity he had uh, to work with him. And I, and I, I agree. Um, we are all still figuring uh, this, you know, burgeoning uh, industry out and <laughs> um, connecting with other CS leaders, um, specifically sort of like in, in your segment, right? <laughs> um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head that, uh, you know, hearing from uh, the oracles of the world is very different uh, than, uh, you know, hearing from uh, uh, organizations like Slido, who has a, a very different target uh, in terms of their market. And so obviously the, the type of organization you stand up is, is gonna be remarkably different. Um, and I think that's a, a that's been a probably a, a very key aspect to to your success, Joe. And thanks for sharing that. I think that that was really really interesting. Um, I'd love to shift uh, topics here a little bit um, and explore your interaction with uh, the product development team uh, and the engineering team there at Slido. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk about um, how you get product feedback, right? The voice of the customer, maybe even uh, down to that level. Um, how do you advocate for uh, improvements? Uh, are you part of the product roadmap conversation? Would, would love for you to sort of start exploring that with us. This is a good topic and a good question. We actually don't have a product roadmap. We abolished our product roadmap at the beginning of this year uh, because we realized that sometimes what we were developing just didn't make sense and we completely kind of flipped things on our head and became uh, much more customer centric when it came to our product development uh, so we've actually one of the things that we believe is that customer insights are the lifeblood of customer centric businesses and that's Something has really helped us evolve, and that's where we kind of started on this this journey to to not having a roadmap. So, kind of around summer last year, we introduced something called which we call our customer experience team. Now, some people will say this is the role of customer success, uh, but our our guides team only look after our annual subscription customers, whereas we also have free basic customers and we also have one-time customers and we want to make sure that we're collecting the insights uh, from all of those because they're all the kind of the people who are making Slido continue to exist as a business so our, our CX team look at all of those customers and what they actually do is they collect the insights from all of the various sources because all of our customers we get so many insights from our customers every single day so be that from the kind of MPS or CSAT 
um, survey responses that they send us, be that through the live chat or the support tickets, and and also through those kind of customer calls and those meetings and things like that. So, you know, the survey comments and the live chat and things like that, that was quite easy. We've set up a automated tagging program our, um, through our help desk that we use in order to actually collect all those those insights in a systematic way. And then our team also kind of tag pains and feature requests there and the CX team go through those manually. But a really big turning point for us as an organization was actually how we started sharing the insights and the pains from our calls and from our meetings. So what our CSMs, our sales team, or our user researchers, basically anyone who is talking with customers, uh, we have these channels in Slack called Customer Insights and Customer Pains, where we built a Slack bot. So you can kind of just put forward slash insight and then you just type in your information in there. And this is amazing. And it's one of my favorite places where I, I like to read and is probably the first channels that I go to when I'm in Slack. And I'm not the only one who's there and who's reading that stuff in there. You know, Peter, our CEO, is reading and responding to things all the time. He's also our head of product right now, so that's super key. Uh, the product managers are in there and, and tagging things, actually. Uh, last week, we had a very simple kind of problem that one of our customers were facing. And I, one of our product managers jumped in and was like, hey, I think I know how to fix this. Can I? Can we set up a call with that, this customer to discuss this solution and if this would work for them? And, you know, that's really great that we're actually be able to, to react to the needs of what our customers do. And in that there is such an investment in in what they're actually doing and what they care about. And I've also seen, you know, designers, developers, like all kinds of people in there responding and reading and just trying to actually understand the needs of the customers and, and why these things are important for them. It, that sounds like super innovative. Um, uh, removing, uh, it sounds like you've removed many of the sort of formal um, barriers um, which you know often are intended to serve as as filters for prioritizing uh, the, the product roadmap and you know what gets uh, developed in terms of, of the next feature um, and in this case it, it may have been a bug um, uh, that, that you described with the product manager uh, being able to, to, to have sort of like a crowdsource visibility to it so uh, applause to you. Yeah, and so yeah, then what, what they actually do with that, and obviously I said we don't have a product roadmap, is they take those customer problems and then they run a series of different experiments uh, through that uh, and actually to find, uh, find solutions that work for the customers. And then through that product development, we introduced a user research team. So our user researchers, they, they have calls with the customers to find out more about the problem to start with. Then the guys will go through a design sprint in order to like come up with some different ways to solve the problem. And they'll do more, some user testing through that design sprint to actually say, hey, does this work for you? Does this make sense? And, you know, we get such, the customers give us such information and we move on, for, you know, then the final product looks quite different to how we thought it was gonna look, but it solves our customers' problems and they actually adopt and use it much quicker. And a really good example of, of this, one of the, when I speak about this, many people are often saying, 
hey, what about innovation? Like, how do you actually move your product forwards uh, with with this model of experimenting and not just solving solving kind of pains? But one thing we had a lot of our customers asking for was quizzes and that they wanted to kind of, you know, use quizzes to make their sessions more fun, be that at a conference or a learning and development session or, you know, even at an all hands sort of thing. And this is something we were hearing from the customers. So when we actually just engaged with them, uh, we were able to like develop something that, that makes sense. We actually, Ruben, I believe you actually used the feature of, you were one of the first people outside of Slido to use this feature last week. Um, and, you know, we've actually created something that works for them, but also works with us in, with our with our strategy and what what makes sense for us sort of thing. Yeah, that that was a, a really cool feature and I'm so glad I didn't even know it was uh there and uh during our prep calls for everybody listening. Uh Joe said, "Hey, I think um you know, as we're sort of going through the the show flow, um you suggested uh this new feature and it was a huge hit." So, uh you know, congrats on that. Um thanks for introducing it. We're also innovating but we're also solving problems at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's key. You've given so many um, ideas and tactics here um, that uh, I didn't even know was happening. You know, <laughs> from the outside in, um, what we observe, and I can tell you what I observe, is a company uh, that continues to produce a product and deliver a product that um, has, like, um, almost very subtle improvements, but it just mm -hmm. gets better and better and better uh, every single time I'm engaging. Um, but I think more importantly is your company gets better and better and better. Mm -hmm. um, how you have managed, um, I, again, I think this is a tribute to the culture. Um, there isn't a person that I've I've engaged at Slido that I haven't been like completely impressed with. Um, it is part of the DNA. And so they are experts. They know the product in depth. Um, and I think that goes back to what you started with at the beginning of, of the session, which was, you know, spending three months in customer care is, is going to make you sort of uh, live that experience. And um, it really shows. And um, there's a lot of things that, um, wow, uh, a lot of companies, uh, a lot of people listening to this uh, podcast, um, I, I hope take away as um, uh, you know, incentive to try to implement that uh, respectively into their companies. When it comes to hiring, I would much rather say no to a really brilliant, amazing person who is a terrible culture fit than to hire them because the impact that they can have with like being a, a poor culture fit is much, much worse and will have, take us in such a different direction compared to not hiring them. So that's something that's been really, really key. And that was a really, yeah, a lesson that I picked up very quickly, I would say. So always hire for culture oh, fit is yeah. so important. Uh, amen, sister, to that one. I, <laughs> I completely agree with, with, with you on that. This is a burgeoning career. Um, and there are some people uh, that are evaluating customer success for the very first time. Uh, as a career, maybe coming out of uh, of college, um, and uh, you know they're being thrust into this role as part of a digital transformation. Uh, I'd love to hear from your perspective, Joe. You know, what would you say to somebody that's considering a career in customer success? I would just say go for it. It's a great place to learn. 
you get so much exposure and experience to such different things. And yeah, if you can find the right the right place and the right company that's that's a match for you, like prioritize that, and from there, you know, you'll you'll have the time of your life. So fantastic having you with us here today, Joe. Um, for those of you who've never experienced Slido, I am going to pitch it again on on Slido's <laughs> behalf here. Uh, I'm a huge fan, huge advocate. Uh, send me a note if you're curious, uh, and I'm sure Joe would be too uh, to answer any questions. So uh, thanks again for joining us today, Joe. Really, really has been a joy having you. Cool. Thanks for having me, Ruben. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you liked the episode, feel free to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Until the next time, this has been the Customer Success Podcast, brought to you by Gainsight the customer success company.